Um, last time we recorded this was about mid-December. Uh, myself and Callum here on the pitch, of course. Um, I who was just getting ready to leave to go over to Ireland and England, which I did. I uh, went to United Burnley game. I picked the right game because uh, the game after that we will talk about, <laughs> the Wolves game. <laughs> I had a brilliant time over there with my son, of course, fulfilled the dream. I remember the first day when I held him and I held him in my hand. The first day he was born, I thought to myself, I can't wait to take you to Old Trafford. And it was emotional, you know, to do that for the first time was great. Um, and forever the optimist, these United fans, we see something positive. We want to believe that that, you know, it's the start of something, it's a new dawn, that we're, you know, we're moving into something, you know, that um, we can build on. And in keeping with tradition, United showed that that is not a sound state of mind and not a sound extrapolation of what uh, is going to happen in the future. A truly despicable performance against Wolves. Same one against Norwich, same one against Newcastle. Not an accident, not a one-off. Stop talking about reactions because I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Stop talking about social media apologies. And what I can't understand, Colin, is how do they not read the room by these leaks do nothing but make them look even worse. They make them look like weak, cowardly men that are spineless, that are that that are completely incapable of taking responsibility for failures, that blame everybody but themselves, and really personify so many of the problems inside Manchester United. You, you spot on the leaks just infuriate everyone, and, and it is embarrassing because you have to take responsibility for your performances. We spoke so many times on the show when, when Ollie was in charge that these players maybe at times hid behind him and he took the brunt of the criticism when it was going badly. And when there was a good result, the players got all the credit. Now he's gone, um, and it's still continuing to be the same way. Leaks about not being convinced by a coach who's only been here for three weeks. I'll be honest with you, sickened me because I just think to myself, how spoiled can you possibly be? All those leaks saying you wanted rid of the previous manager, he goes. Someone else comes in and now you're, you're, you're not happy again. But what will it take for you to be happy? Because... If every player in the dressing room is allowed to pick the, co- the, the coach, I'm sure there'd be about 12 different coaches giving the opinions of, of, of the players in the dressing room. So I have no idea what these players want and think they're achieving with these leaks other than really annoying a fan base that's already frustrated because the performances this year have majorly been uh, underwhelming and infuriating and it's been no different in the last few weeks. Thankfully, when, when, when you got over, you got to take in the Burnley game and, and, and you both managed to see goals and it was, mm. a, it, was a, it was a good win in the end, whereas that game against Wolves was just absolutely humiliating because whether people like to hear it or not, in my opinion, Wolves dominated that game. People will say, oh, on another day, United might have scored Ronaldo offside goal, etc. In my opinion, Wolves dominated large parts of that of game and that is the biggest embarrassment. That wasn't a 1-0 smash and grab. That was a very comfortable performance from a team that could have scored far more than one. Well, what's funny is that um, social media apologies are certainly not consistent with the leaks, which shows you how bullshit those social media apologies really are. You know where they turn around and they say things like, I need to take a good look at myself. You know, to me, it's... Certainly that's not reflected in the leaks. It's something but me. Um, it gives you an idea of part of the problem. Um, you know, there's so many things that uh, are extremely concerning, Callum. And the problem, one, of the, one of the things that's concerning to me is how circular this is. So this is deja vu. We've been here before, right? Now, if you go back to when Solskjaer took this job, right? And you can go back to Van Hal, you can go to, now you know what Mourinho meant when he said that finishing second 
was his best ever achievement. Um, but there's a couple of things. First of all, um, I want to pick up on a couple of points that were made back then. Roy Keane came out and said, Leopards don't change their spots. These players will throw Ollie under the bus exactly the same way as he did with Mourinho, right? Now, that's fair enough. But a lot of those players that he's talking about aren't there anymore. And so is Chris Bodden his, his own players. So why are those players throwing them under the bus? Because they shouldn't be, they weren't included in that description, but they ended up throwing them under the bus anyway. What culture are they adapting to inside that football club? And that comes from the top. Because Sulzker also said, I want my team to be the fittest in the league. If you remember, Callum, back then, United's fitness stats were appalling. And they weren't fit enough to play the type of football that Sulzker wanted. United are now no longer fit enough to play gig and press. And if you look at their stats before Solskjaer left, appalling, again, indicating unprofessionalism. So what these players are feeling at, and Phil Jones showed them all up, by the way, is the bare minimum you expect from an athlete to be physically prepared, right, to be professional and to do the bare minimum, none of which they did. If Phil Jones can come back from being out from two years and put in a performance like that based on the bare minimum, based on fitness, based on commitment, based on a desire to want to win, based on respect for the fans, respect for the shirt, respect for the football club, respect for the people that pay your wages. If he can do that, why can't the rest of them? Now, Calum, one thing I thought about, right, when I went to that Burnley game, I thought about the cost financially to me and my kid, the effort, the time flying, right, the inconvenience, to my own family here, everything else, all to watch these overpaid footballers give me an effort for 90 minutes. Now, there's thousands of people like me, fans coming from all over the world, spending their last pennies to be cheated by them. I dare them. They should have refunded those fans after that Wolves game, after that Newcastle out of shame and embarrassment, and to pick up their wage and then turn around and give me some bullshit PR social media apology. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. Where's the men? Where's the leaders? You know, what did Ferguson say about Roy Keane after the Juventus game? A man who covered every blade of grass, who it looked like he'd rather die than lose. Now what have we got? Not fair, I don't get to play. It's his fault. It's Ronaldo's fault I can't pass a ball three yards. I'm disillusioned because of this coach. He doesn't know. Who are you? I'm disillusioned with all of you. How many of you players are in a position to criticise any coach? What, like you said, what, and, and for people to be blaming Ranić, are you insane? Absolutely insane. Listen, this, when Ranić came in against that Crystal Palace game, we had people that were desperately, desperate to criticise Oli. Right? So they made a stupid point about how this is all down to coaching, which of course is utterly insane. Right? And I look rather silly. And of course, when I turn on Ranić, because they have no idea what a football manager is and what he does. Anyone expected Ranić to come in and all of a sudden play gig and press and catch Liverpool is just insane. Like we said, club finished eighth in his first season when he came in in October. This isn't going to happen right away. And what I said a week ago, Callum, is that a lot of those players were upset, and I, ha- I got this firsthand. Right? When I was there, because of what Ranić said to them, because he turned around and said what every fan has wanted to say to those players, 
right? When we want Roy Keane in the dressing room, why? For that straight talking German. Told him exactly what he thinks of them, told him exactly what he thinks of their commitment, and now you've got a bunch of babies. I wanted to fenestrate. Runyon. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But my issue is this, Callum. Sorry for this long one to talk. That is not a coincidence that we keep finding ourselves in this situation. That is because there's something inside that football club that encourages this. The individual over the collective every single time. That's what a business does. Adult Disneyland, as we were once described by the people that run this football club. Okay? The worship of the rugged individual. Because they are what sells the sponsors. Okay? I said this before when Rooney held United the ransom. Because he knew he was the only superstar at the football club. And he was the most demanded player at the club by sponsors. Right? And he knew he could hold the football club to ransom over his commercial value. He had to try to change that by bringing in all those big, big stars. But now they coddle him. And now they're petrified of losing players with commercial value. Because it's a football club where winning football games is not the biggest priority inside that football club. The biggest priority inside that football club is making money. And they've never found a way since Ferguson left to be able to marry both. To win football games and to make money. So as long as they're, if they're going to fail at one, it won't be making money. And this is not an accident. We find ourselves in this situation. Who allows this to develop? If a player starts to become a virus, they should be moved on immediately. But they aren't. Because their commercial value trumps their sporting value. Until United defend themselves properly as a football club first and a business second, this is going to be cyclical. Absolutely. Um, and just to echo the point you made on Phil Jones, after two years out, I thought it was admirable the performance that he put in. Um, I think we've all seen the still photograph where he's sort of jumping in the air, getting himself in the zone while some others <laughs> to be generous um, don't look as, 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 as interested now. A single still photograph doesn't paint a full picture, but the performance that the team went on to, to produce in the park, I suppose, certainly did. And to go back to the point that you've just made there, under the current ownership that is interested in money over this, you're always going to be in a situation where you're, you're battling against the tide. And unfortunately for Ralph Raniuk, unfortunately for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, unfortunately for Jose Mourinho, although Mourinho did create a lot of his own problems, it has to be said, when you've got an ownership that pays someone like Anthony Martial a reported £250,000 a week because they like him as a player, you're in a really unsustainable position. You're in a position where your football club is going to be hindered in the medium to long term because that's not how any top football club operates. You saw the situation with Chelsea to draw parallels with that at the weekend. Lukaku makes a statement. The manager comes out and says, he's not in my team, he's not in the stadium today. He takes control of the situation. How many times have United and, and, and any manager that we've had since Ferguson been able to really take the bull by, bull by the horns and take control of a situation? You mentioned the Rooney situation where he was able to get his contract and the manager couldn't really influence that. You think of the countless times, even with Pogba, he's out of contract this summer. It's not clear that he will leave Manchester United. You just know if the ownership could offer him 
400 grand a week and he would sign it tomorrow that they would. Maybe maybe some people will disagree with me saying that, but that's my honest opinion. I think if they could get a player like Pogba with his value, commercially, as you've said, Phil, to sign tomorrow, they would. I completely agree. And look, you, you, it's an important point you bring up with Pogba, right? Because what Lukaku did has been done at United so many times. You've had players that have come out in concert with their agent, link themselves with other football clubs, and not refute those. You know, we've seen Pogba talk about needing to change, wanting out, and everything else. What were the consequences for that? Zero. So what does that say to a player? It says to a player that, one, the manager's uh, authority is usurped, right? And I don't respond. I'm not, I don't respond to them. Respect and fear are different things. They're often confused. Respect is always earned. If you don't earn respect from people, you'll never get it. You can't ask for it. Okay? Um, you, you earn respect in multiple different ways. Um, consistency is one of them. Okay? And making sure you don't apply laws on an ad hoc basis. And making sure Paul Pogba should have paid a price. And I'm not just thinking with him out. Num- number of players should be paying a price for coming out and disrespecting a football club. But Ranya came out and said, two or three weeks ago, I supported 100%. So when I looked at this, when I look at this, I echo everything Ranyak said. Absolutely everything. And look, you're talking about 11 players wanting out. Some of them are obvious. Dean Henderson wants out, right? As he is trying to get him out. I think that should happen. Ned should sell him, right? No problems. Especially if you're in a situation where to get a defensive midfielder, you need to sell. Well, what's the point of having three, four goalkeepers and not enough defensive midfielders when you could sell one of them and get a defensive midfielder? Get rid of them. And a bunch more, for for that matter. See, one of the things that United are not doing a really good job of, Callum, is looking at characters, looking at personalities, looking at winners. It's, you know... It's totally absurd to me. Cristiano Ronaldo has never been the problem at any football club he's been at as to why they're losing. Never. So he's not here. And some of the leaks about Ronaldo making players uncomfortable. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. A serial winner, right, who is a consummate professional, is making other players uncomfortable. Yeah, usually competent people do that in their job. They make other incompetent people uncomfortable. And to turn around and say that Ronaldo's the problem in the dressing room, I, I, forgive me for using this parlance, but what is it? Dressing room with pussies? Are they all little boys that are afraid of Cristiano Ronaldo? He's making me uncomfortable. This is why United are in this situation. This is why they fold. They rested on their laurels after Burnley. They were satisfied. They were, oh, we, got, we won. We're, we're doing great. We don't need to come out and have a reaction. What does that tell you? you know, to me, Callum, there's so many problems inside that football club. But the real problem is, why are they allowed to exist? And why is there no consequences for being this way? If you don't want to play for this, every single fan in that stadium would do anything to wear the shirt. Okay? They're privileged enough that it's them. The football club doesn't get any respect from players because it's a one-way street relationship. They're constantly begging them not to leave. 
by what metric should Paul Pogba get a new contract? Paul Pogba is 29, and you and I don't know his best position yet. Yet, you know, they're going to make him one of the top best player, best paid players in the world. Why? What has he done over the last four years that tells you he's top class midfielder? Because the hardest thing to do with football is to be consistently excellent. But anyone, the game is littered with players that are inconsistent, that have ability, but can't do it week in, week out. Ability gets you to United. So, why? By what magic? None. Shoving them, shoving them on the left. By the way, Bruno Fernandes' attitude has been a disgrace. Right? So, well, you've mentioned Bruno Fernandes there, who has been a shining light in many regards for most of his time at the club, but I totally agree with you that this season I've seen a difference in the sense that there's been a lot of hands in the air um, moments rather than chasing back, which is normally what Bruno does, albeit he has he has done that at times as well, and and that lets me down um, to, to, to watch games as a fan, but the main point you make there on Ronaldo, I saw the reports um, over here as well, of course, and it mentioned Harry Maguire uh, specifically, feeling like he can't be himself since Ronaldo came into the football club. And I'll be honest with you, part of me thinks, is that because you're looking at Ronaldo, Harry, and thinking, realistically, does that, do I deserve to be on the, the same field as this guy, never mind captaining him? Because his performances have been dire. We had the situation we spoke about several months ago in the show with, uh, with Maguire with England, putting the fingers in the ears, thinking he'd proved a point by scoring against, I think it was Albania at the time. I mean, he's been a massive letdown for United. And I'm not going to scapegoat Harry Maguire as the only reason why United are where they are this season, but he's he's supposed to be your leader. You, you mentioned the need for leaders and, and strong personalities earlier. He, where's he been all season um, in, a, in a leadership role? Because it's certainly not been showcased on the park. As a captain... The, the interview against uh, City, I'm only here because I have to be. He's shown no leadership all season. You've got a player like Ronaldo, as you say, Phil, who every day, I've got no doubts, will be digging players out. I've got no doubts, will be questioning the, the preparation of certain players if they're maybe not dedicating enough time in the gym or after training on the training field or whatever it may be. And one of the players that concerns me most while I'm on this um, discussion is, is Marcus Rashford. I think his performances in the last... The last six to eight weeks have been absolutely dreadful. At the start yeah. of the season this show, we thought getting his surgery would be a great help for him coming back to the club. He would come back, he would be rejuvenated, he would come in at a crucial time of the season and, and he would kick on again. But we've not seen that. And you have to question, is that just down to the player or is that the mentality that this group emanates? Because other than players like Ronaldo, as you've said, who will get the the most out of himself every single day in training and every single game that he possibly can. I mean, people talking about Wolves and blaming Ronaldo. Ronaldo is the sort of player, like Cavani is as well, that thrives in service. That's what all good strikers thrive on, good service. They can't do everything on their own. And when you look at Juan Bissaka and the ability of his crossing, then you just have, you just have to wonder... Um, how many goals you're going to score in, in, in football matches that you need to win at home against the likes of Wolves and others. You're, you're not going to win many if you're relying on service from, from players like him. So people questioning Ronaldo in that regard I find strange. But I actually, as I say, I, I wonder about this this group as a whole. And I think there was 
something to do that up to 11 players would like to leave the football club. I think it was in the Daily Mirror over here in the UK. Well, if that's the mentality of some of these players that aren't up for the battle, then then Ralph Ranić or whoever's the permanent manager next season has to get them out, has to mm-hmm. go into a series, a series of um, transfers and, and, and create a transitional squad. And that might not be something that people listen and want to hear, but at the end of the day, it should be an honour to play for Manchester United. And if the weight on your shoulders is too much, then step aside because there's thousands of people out there that would love to do it. Yeah, look, I think... Um... <clears throat> When we talk, listen to these players moaning about Ranić not being the right man, or what, what would be the right man to them? Now, Solskjaer was the complete contrast of Mourinho. And I say when Solskjaer took over, these players are out of excuses. Right? Because Solskjaer is going to be Mr. Nice Guy. He's going to put the armor on his shoulder. Right? I can completely understand where you turn around to someone like Mourinho and say, he's culpable for some of the toxic attitude inside this dressing room. I don't think he helped. Right? But, and I said at this at the time, it's not all his fault. It clearly isn't. But then he threw Solskjaer under the bus. Now, Solskjaer is a nice guy, right? He has a route to stay to him. But what is it exactly these players are looking for? Because it seems to me they want a nice guy, but they want a guy that knows what to do. When do you take responsibility for yourself? Can you imagine these players playing for Simeone? Or someone of that ilk? I mean, all that they're being asked to do is be professional. This is still Manchester United. And you're not going down a Chinese mine every day. You're going out and playing football. You're one of the most privileged human beings on the planet. And to me, their attitude is a disgrace. But why is that, why is that allowed? Why, as a, as a business, is that allowed? Can't... Here's the thing, right? right? Businesses personify their values. Okay? I mean, you know, what, what are you, you, you know, you, the, what a, the mood inside a business is never an accident. It's a result of, it's set by the top down. It's a result of what's tolerated and encouraged from the top down. What are the incentives? Are they good and bad? Okay? And that's primarily what you find out how you, how your mood turns sour. What are you incentivizing people to do? Okay. What are you punishing them for? What's the consequences for failure inside United as a player? Not high. Okay. Um, and what are you rewarding them for? It's not football success. So maybe it's not so much of a surprise. Because when we talk about individuals on the pitch, not individuals on the pitch, also individuals off the pitch, as you can see with these leaks. It doesn't seem like any of them like each other. They're all blaming each other. You know, and, and a lot of the players seem to be in the same situation when he was in the last six months of his job where he was essentially advertising for another club, blaming everybody but himself. And Mourinho did say things that maybe we should go back and examine about the mood inside the football club. So did Ibrahimovic, by the way, about the small-time mentality. Now, these are serial winners. And there was allegedly Ibrahim, which was the problem too. And then Ronaldo, a serial winner, being questioned by people who have never won a thing. By people who put their head and their, 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 their fingers in their ears going against Lichtenstein or something. <laughs> are you joking me? I mean... Well, that's, it. 
the thing as well on that is with Ralph Rannick at the moment, he has worked obviously with the Red Bull organisations now for over a decade. He's shaped numerous clubs, including Leipzig and and Salzburg. Obviously, took um, Schalke to a Champions League semi final as well. And and you have to you have to say this guy clearly knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. Um, some people already buying into some of these leaks and trying to say, oh, he's he's another one who doesn't know what he's talking about. He's managed in football, albeit not at United stature, but he's managed at, at, at big-ish clubs for well over uh, two two decades. So the guy has been around the block in terms of signing players, recruiting players, putting patterns of play, and he's been there and done it all. If these players aren't willing to buy into him for this six months, then United had to consider this when they were getting rid of volley. They had to consider... Can we go and get an interim manager for six months with this current group of players? Is that exactly what they need? Um, obviously, at the time, a lot of people thought, oh, Conte might come in and, and, and be like a tornado that comes in and really throws the fear into these players. They have to basically perform or leave. And the more you watch them, part of you thinks maybe they, they might have benefit, benefited from someone to come in and be that ruthless um, with a, maybe a two two and a half year contract who the players knew wasn't going anywhere anytime soon um, but at the same time I think it's up to the club to stand up to these players and give Ralph Ranić the power for this six months for this two year um, consultancy period whatever that may involve because it's still very vague or else the players could take him for a ride between now and the end of the season because these leaks are coming out after four weeks of the man being in a job there's still another four months to go this is... I don't mean to be depressing for people listening, but if, it's only going to get worse, you would think, if this is the atmosphere at the club on the 5th of January, as we record. You would only think it's going to fester um, as the season goes on. I hope I'm wrong with that, but they need to give him some level of power where he can get rid of the players that aren't buying in, whether that means sidelining them um, in the stand or moving them on in January, whether that's loan, loan to buy or permanent, because... If they and if they basically enable Ranić to be a sitting duck for six months, then what on earth is coming next in the summer? This guy mm. needs to be trusted to do the job that he's doing at the moment, but also in that consultancy role that they keep mentioning. Because if you make him a lame duck now, why on earth would he stick around for two years if he's not going to be listened to? If he's going to be disrespected? So United need to also weigh that up because if you're getting someone of his level of expertise in. Who's, who's built clubs, albeit, as I've said, not at United stature, but he has built uh, biggest clubs, then you have to listen to him or there's no point of him being there. Well, look, here's the thing, okay? There's clearly an incompetence above the manager in executive roles when it comes to running a football club. They know how to run a business, but they have no idea how to merge the two. They have no idea how to marry both a football agenda and a business agenda because... The, the business will always dictate to the football, right? So they avoided going for someone like Antonio Conte because Conte is abrasive like Mourinho. And see, this is part of the problem, Callum, right? There's an accepted incompetence above the manager where they don't want to be held to a standard where they have to do their job to a high degree of competence because that's uncomfortable for them. Like I said before, incompetent people are extremely uncomfortable around competent people. Okay, because they're constantly reminded of what they don't know. And that's uncomfortable for people. They also know that they're being looked at through the eyes of someone who does know and knows that they're incompetent. That's extremely uncomfortable for them. 
So they don't want people that are going to challenge them and hold them to a higher standard. Because they're quite happy to let the manager take the blame when things go wrong. Right? So bringing in someone like a Conte would also demand more of the people, not just of the manager, but of the football club as a whole, and demand it shape more like a football club. But you know they don't have the will for that, nor the gut for that. Because if I turn around to Joel Glazer and say, Joel, we didn't make as much money this month, but we're top of the league. I don't think he's consoled with that. I think if I turn around and said, hey, you know what? We made an absolute fortune this week, but we're outside the top four. Don't worry. I think Joel values that a little higher. He didn't buy United for football reasons, let's be honest. He bought them for business reasons. Financial reasons. It's a football club designed to line their pockets. And after Ferguson left, a lot of that power from the football club went upstairs to business people, never got it back, and they don't know how to drive this Ferrari. Right? But yet, they'll keep changing the engine, blaming the engine. Saying, well, you know, I need normal, need normal, need normal. But the guy behind the wheel doesn't know how to drive it. So, as a football club, in my opinion, until everything inside that football club is structured towards football success, the level now is so high, Callum. Right? City and Liverpool are amazing. Liverpool are their own sport and merit. City aren't. City are where they are because of financial benefactor. Anyone could be in City's situation had they have been bought by the same people. Now, Pep Guardiola has come in and done a truly outstanding job. The difference is City can buy a player and afford to get it wrong. You need a can't, right? So, but City don't have the commercial clout that you need to do, so everything's tailored towards football success. You need it different. Uh, to me, until that changes, Callum, where everything, every single business decision inside that football club is designed to support what's best for the club on the pitch, we are going to constantly have this problem. I mentioned when Ranjit came in with this consultancy brief that, and you also you also questioned it straight away, until it's detailed what that brief is and what power he has, it could be just another paper exercise from this ownership where you've got a guy who they consult, we, Ralph, we want to go into the transfer market and sign a new central midfielder. Here's X, Y, and Z. Um, those are the three players I would recommend and maybe have a relationship with the agent blah blah blah, I might be able to help in that regard and then United might go, oh there's a Bastien Schweinsteiger type signing who won the Champions League five years ago and has more of a commercial value, it's okay Ralph, we'll just go and get him instead and you could be going down the same old story for the next couple of years even though you've got someone who knows the game, knows recruitment those what it takes to sign highly up-and-coming young footballers at your disposal, you might still go down the same old path. And that's the worry that I think you had, Phil. It's the worry that I certainly have, is what does that... I keep mentioning it, but what does it? What, what comes next after Ranjik in terms of this mm-hmm. consultancy role? If this is the, the leakings of the players in the first week of January, what's the next few months going to be like? It just... I mean, we all say Happy New Year, but it's not been a happy start for United so far. It's, it's again, as we mentioned um, at the start of the season, uh, before Ronaldo and others came in, 
United, they always seem to be filled with more questions than they are answers. And for me, after, now what are we since Ferguson? Is it nine years, I believe, coming up obviously for ten mm. next year? How on earth can we be nine years down the line and still be filled with more questions than answers? And you mentioned City, you mentioned Liverpool. Both clubs are light years ahead of United on the park. And I'm not saying they should be in terms of names and, and, and the players at, at, at United's disposal. But from what you see in the park, I mean, that you, that Liverpool-Chelsea game was electric. That mm-hmm. was an incredible piece of entertainment. When was the last time United played in a high-level game um, like that and put in a performance that you would say was very impressive and you left the game thinking, wow, that's a statement. We've not only won the game 1-0 or whatever it may be, but we've made a statement of a performance. I don't think we've seen one this season. I really, really don't. Let me tell you something, Callum. When United were drawn against Aston Villa in the FA Cup, a lot of people rolled their eyes and thought, ah, here we go. I breathe a sigh of relief. And I'll tell you why. Because I have no confidence had United get drawn against the Turkey United, that it beat them. I have no confidence had they get drawn against the Cheltenham, that it beat them. In fact, what I believe is United would have lowered themselves to that level, probably would have got out fought and beaten. So, honestly... In some sense, I'm happy we're spurred the embarrassment of having to go out against a lower league team because this Manchester United team, I would not trust to beat any professional football team. Honestly. I don't think... I mean, you heard what Luke Shaw said. That, and by the way, if you watch that Luke Shaw interview, the one thing that was obvious was he was choosing every word carefully. And he wanted to say so much more right, than what he actually did say. And what you hear in public is probably about 5% of what's going on behind the scenes. So you can guarantee it's a lot worse. He's talking about they're all not together. Clicks. Why were clicks allowed to develop? And you can see the French clicks, the Portuguese clicks, right? You can see, you know, they're all, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. You can totally see why that's happening. You see the body language of the players. I mean, it, it honestly is a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And um, United as a football club, Ralph Ranick, if that's their choice, <clears throat> has to be given unilateral, ubiquitous powers to do whatever he wants. Okay? And United have to trust that because coddling these people has got them nowhere. And look, it's one thing going around Africa and the rest of the world, Europe, South America, you know, all, all the continents across the globe, and sending the best young players, 18, 19, throwing them in the Bundesliga and saying, do what I tell you. It's another thing sending Cavani and Ronaldo and saying, do what I tell you. Now, I said this when Ronnie took over. This is not a guy you bring in for six months. I said, you need to be patient with him. He said, there's concerns about what his skill set is and whether that will translate to Manchester United. Jurgen Klopp said, one thing about Manchester United is they'll be organised. Well, they're not organised. And clearly they're not doing what Ronnie's telling them to do. I know they've had some issues with COVID and the training ground being closed, but what, when you see what Phil Jones did, Callum, their excuses fall on deaf ears to me. Because he embodied the bare minimum that you should expect from a professional athlete on, a, on that stage. And anyone that's responsible for what we see on the pitch on a Saturday, every single one of them should be ashamed to the core. That sports psychologist, I've got a job on his hands. 
right? The set pace coach, absolute joke. Absolute joke. Utterly pathetic. So high is it? I mean, this is incredible. This is like Brewster's millions. We're going to spend millions and millions and millions. I said in the tweet and I meant it. Yet I could say Jesus Christ and he'd be on the bench within three weeks of shadow of him for himself. What is wrong with his football club that does this? Lastly, when was the last time you got a young player and fulfilled his potential? It's a good question. Um, and when was the last time you saw a young player come through matches and become a world-class player, stalwart? Fulfill their potential. Maybe Ronaldo? Yep. Right? So, arguably Rooney. But, you know, Marcus Rashford, would you say he fulfilled his potential? No. As you quite rightly pointed out, he's been brutal the last, you know, four months. You know, Mason Greenwood's an exceptional young talent. I expect he may break the mold of players not fulfilling their potential. As much as I want to see a lot of these young kids in the team, the vast majority of them flatter to deceive. Andy Marshall, has he fulfilled his potential? No. You know, uh, and we could go on and go on and go on. But this, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, has he improved at Manchester United? No. Why not? Why hasn't he improved enough to be able to competently cross the football? What is going on at that football club? I think Roy Keane, Roy Keane summed Juan Bissaka up by saying, I doubt Palace would even take him back now. And, and the sad reality is they, pro- they probably wouldn't. And I think no. that is the most damning indictment. The things with Juan Bissaka, and I don't want to again scapegoat him, I don't want to scapegoat one person. But against, with even the Wolves manager, Bruno Lage, comes out after the game and says, United's fullbacks were heavily exposed with the system that they were playing mm-hmm. and, and, and basically pinpointed that whenever, and I think most teams do this, and I, and I don't want to just single Juan Bissaka out, but whenever he is on the ball, he looks petrified. He slows the pace down. Sometimes he can, he, he can amble past a couple of players, but he always looks uncomfortable when he's doing it. And his end product is absolutely atrocious. Now, it's one thing pointing that at him as, as, as we've both done, but as you've also hinted at there, Phil, there has to be something within the football club that after two and a half years you can see improvements to his game. Adam Wan-Bissaka came into Manchester United as a highly rated footballer who was better defensively when he was going forward. Now you would say he's a probably a just above average Premier League player who's still better defending than he is going forward. He's not went on to the level that anyone expected. And the, the, no. We can level that at the player himself, but again, surely there's something else going on there because it can't all just be down to him. Um, again, I don't know his attitude, I don't know him personally, but I wouldn't suspect it would just solely be down to him. There has to be something seriously wrong and the, Mourinho's went um, Ollie's went now Obviously Carrick was in interim He's gone The staff's now changed over Ralph Ranick's brought a few coaches in Albeit they've only been here Six or, six weeks or so But Patience with Ralph Ranick Is needed Or What on earth is going to happen In the summer Because If you are looking at those leaks And you're an elite manager Would you fancy going into that dressing room Where you could get a bloody nose Within six months no, Where you could be the next Moyes well, and this is the problem. Who wants the job? The other part is, Calum, bringing young players into an environment like this is very, very difficult. Also, bringing new signings into an environment like this is very, very difficult because inevitably they will adapt to the environment they find themselves in. So that culture and environment inside the football club 
has to be changed. You can only change that by getting players out and bringing new ones in, of course. Right? But what will probably partially save United is the fact that the rest of global football is skint. So they can get still get top players. But again, if you look at if you're if you're Matesta like the Frankie de Jong, you talk to Van der Beek, would you go to Manchester United? Most likely not. Right? You know, and and again if you're young Portuguese talent, you talk to Ronaldo and Dallo and Fernandez, probably not. Right? If you're young French talent, talk to Pogba Martial, probably not. <laughs> I mean Cavani, you know, what happened to Palestri? And Palestri, last time I heard, a couple of weeks ago, he couldn't get on for Alves. You know, Ahmad told he's not in Ranić's plans the rest of the season. Right? Again, why can United not develop these young players? What is it about this football club? They're failing in the basic responsibilities. By what metric are these people experts? By what metric are the people above Ranić, an expert in football. I am convinced that the vast majority of people on Twitter could do a better job spending a billion pounds. Right? By what magic are the coaches professionals when what we see on the Saturday is a disgrace? You know, we talk about, as Keane said, bluffers. You know, they're filled with them, Callum. Filled with them. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it's good to be back at court. I wish we were in better mood, better spirits. Um, it's been a, you know, it's been a a, a disappointing. I, I was really angry with the Newcastle performance. I have to say, I want to believe. I want to be positive. I want to believe in Ranić. By the way, Callum, I'm not criticizing him by any means. Anyone who's going after Ranić is just insane to me. Oh, better than his tactics, his lineups, what have you. Come on, this has got nothing to do with tactics and lineups. This has got to do with a bunch of players that doesn't matter who's in charge. You'd be getting the same. Like I said, with Phil Jones demonstrated, if every player gave that, you would, you'd be winning games on ability alone, Callum. Newcastle, Wolves in the first half. Biggest, uh, what was it, the numbers? The most shots they've ever had in a Premier League game. Right? Newcastle, worst team in the league. Worst defence in the league. United didn't have a shot on target for how long? It's ridiculous. Norwich, appalling. Everyone hiding, giving them a hiding. United won on a penalty, Ronaldo won it. Instantly forgettable garbage. You can't shame the shameless. Anyway, mate, I'll let you take it out. It, I completely agree with you. And as we've said here, it's it's been a frustrating start to this new year, but... As always, we, we just have to keep hoping as fans that we can see better performances. I regularly say on the show, you can't turn form on and off like a tap, so it's definitely going to be a work in progress for the weeks ahead. The the one thing I suppose you could say, Luke Shaw alluded to, maybe the coach can bring something else. Um, United, I read something that they could have a couple of days off, which baffled me given the fact that they've not had enough time in the training ground as it is, but before Villa, there's a week before th- this game where... They can, you would at least think, be able to prepare for it. They would be able to implement some new ideas, maybe have a better understanding of what's expected, and you could see a small step in that Villa game. But we'll have to wait and see when it comes round. But just to finish, as always, thanks for, for tuning in. Uh, I hope you had a lovely Christmas and New Year. Um, as I said at the start of the show, it was great for Phil to be over in the UK and, and mm-hmm. taking in a United victory. Hopefully, hopefully we can see more of them as this year progresses. 
Absolutely. Echo that. I uh, hope you all have an amazing 2022. Thanks to all of you for your downloads, likes, retweets, support to the show, everything. Very, very much appreciated. Uh, we, we couldn't do it without all of you. Some of you are just amazing. Very, very lucky to have your ear for this length of time. Um, thanks to each and every one of you. I hope you're all safe and well. Your mental health is good. Your physical health is good. And thanks for all the love and support over 2021 and all the years uh, prior. Come, all the best, mate. All the best. Take care. Cheers, folks. See ya. Bye.